Hey man, got a quick question for you. What would you do with an extra hundred thousand dollars? No, you don't have to go embarrass yourself on TV at a wrestling camp. No, you don't have to win any challenges out in the desert. All you've got to do is go to savewithconrad.com. You may not realize it, but there has been six figures of savings hiding in your own house. No, it's not in your junk drawer. It's not in your attic. It's not in your basement. It's in your mortgage. You're overpaying your single biggest bill and you may not even realize it. Here's a quick test for me. Do me a favor, take your monthly payment and multiply it by 360. That big, scary number you're looking at. That's what you're really paying for your house. That's what we call the total of payments. When you add up all 30 years of your existing mortgage, that big, scary number is what you're actually paying. And when you see that, you'll realize, uh, Houston, we have a problem, but don't worry. If you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out savewithconrad.com while Dave Silver revolves it. Okay. That was corny, but the point is I can get you out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. If you're in a 30 year loan right now, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much. I'm routinely helping people get interest rates in the twos and cut years. You hear me? I said years of unnecessary house payments off of their loan. And here's my question. If you can keep paying roughly the same monthly payment, but pay your house off years faster, why wouldn't you do that? Keep more of your own money and really think about what it takes to save a hundred thousand dollars. Now, if you don't do this, you're going to work for that money, pay taxes on it, and then just give it away. Why would you do that? Set yourself up for real financial peace, for real financial freedom, and get rid of your single biggest bill, your mortgage. By the way, we're routinely helping our listeners get rid of all their credit card debt. And I'm talking about mean, nasty, ugly credit card debt. That's 18, 19, 20, 21% interest. If you've made a minimum payment on your credit cards this year, you owe it to yourself to run the numbers right now at savewithconrad.com. I'm routinely helping people pay their house off faster by getting rid of their other consumer debt, like car loans and credit card debt. They're saving five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. Oh yeah. Still going from a 30 year loan to a 15 year loan. Now you don't need perfect credit to do this. You don't need money out of your pocket to do this, but you do need to spend 10 minutes right now. Just let us run the numbers for free at savewithconrad.com. It's no cost, no obligation. And if we can't help you out, we won't waste your time. We've recently been able to approve credit scores in the 500s and oh yeah, you even get to skip your next two house payments. So why wouldn't you do this? It's a no brainer. It's savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Did I mention we're licensed in 40 states? Yes, that probably includes your state too. Check it out right now at savewithconrad.com. There's no better time to say I love you and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step. Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That is no hassle, no risk expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he's recently kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. 
Interest-free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the founder of the Four Horsemen, the Hall of Famer himself, Double A, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? As the pandemic beats on, we are still doing all the right things, and I hope everybody out there is helping themselves and helping everybody else and doing the right things. And uh, we're all good here. We're very thankful for that, and I hope. Everybody is as well. Well, we're excited to be here today because we're talking about night of the champions 2015. This pay-per-view is coming off SummerSlam 2015 where undertaker beat Brock Lesnar by a questionable decision by the referee. Of course, John Stewart helped Seth Rollins defeat John Cena. So Cena couldn't beat Ric Flair's world title reign record as it were. And of course, Becky Lynch, Sasha, Charlotte, uh, everybody makes their debut. So. A lot of moon shaking here in 2015. Let's sort of set the stage with some things that are happening outside of the ring. Uh, this was a big story five years ago. Uh, after 32 years, a grand jury indicted pro wrestling legend Jimmy Snuka on charges of third degree murder and involuntary manslaughter and the death of his mistress at the time, Nancy Argentino. Of course, a lot of our listeners first learned about that story on Dark Side of the Ring. These rumors had swirled about Snuka for a long, long time. When did you first hear about him? And I mean, what did you think of Jimmy? You knew Jimmy, not as a murderer, but as a coworker. And it had to be uh, a weird thing to see this finally happen after all this time. Yeah. I mean, it was hard to, to look at Jimmy walking around the locker room and being so quiet and humble and all that and hearing the stories. But, it, you know, when you hear things that happen decades before you or you know, ever meet the guy or whatever, it's it's hard to put two and two together and go, well, God, how could he have done that? How could that guy have done that? But it was just one of those things that if, unless you were working for the WWF and were closely there, and and I'm sure the, the locker room talk was a lot more intense than it was other places, um, it was just one of those things that was, God, I hope he didn't do it. And that's kind of the feeling most of the boys had. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to sort of reconcile how someone you think, you know, and, and you have a certain image of really has this much darker side. Were you shocked that charges were finally brought up 32 years later? I mean, you got to think by that point, this is so far in the rear view mirror. It's out of everybody's mind, except of course our family's mind. And then when this comes back, it's, uh, I don't know, unexpected 32 years later. Well, I mean, it really is. It seems like if they were going to prove it and they were going to be interested in proving it, 
they being the authorities, they would have done it before then. You know, I, I feel terrible for the lady's family, but, uh, you know, and also I know Tamina, you know, who is his daughter, and I'm sure it was terrible on, on his family. So no winners in this thing for sure. Uh, no doubt. No winners in that thing. Let's keep it moving. We've got a, uh, obsessed wrestling fan who had been arrested twice the prior month at the performance center for trying to meet Lita at the PC. Uh, he was actually shot in the parking lot on August 31st after the local deputies attempted to arrest him. This is uh pretty amazing news, something that you don't hear every day. And unfortunately we just heard a very scary story of Sonia Deville having a stalker who was planning to break into her home. I actually did break into her home. What do you remember hearing about this Lita incident? And were you surprised it took this long for something like this to happen? It feels like, you know, this is the first time that I've ever heard of, of a situation like this with a stalker after a female performer. Do you think that was, maybe it's been around a long time just with the internet and social media being like it is, it's easier to get the word out or, or was this pretty rare that you would have a situation like this? Well, to begin with, you know, I'm sure it happens multiple times every day and everyday life with normal people that aren't celebrities. It just doesn't get the publicity. Uh, if I was the guy, I believe that, uh, was going to stalk anybody. It certainly wouldn't be in a building full of wrestlers. Uh, had he have gotten in the building, I would imagine. And with his intentions known, That'd been one ass woman he'd had to take. I'm just telling you. Um, and I guess him being shot should accent that a little, even a little bit more that, hey, man, I'm not doing the right thing here. Maybe I should rethink this. Uh, the thing with Sonya and uh, this guy, it just, you know, from what I read and, you know, zip ties and all these things that he had with him, he had evil intentions. Uh, but from what I've seen of her and just going by the picture, which you can't always go by a guy's picture, but going by the guy's picture, had he got in that house, he would have definitely got his ass whipped <laughs> by Sonia alone. So it might've been, uh, he might've lucked out on that deal. I'm sorry for all the mental anguish that I'm sure she's going through because if you think about it, Conrad, you know, it doesn't take much of a man to stick a knife in you or to shoot you or to come in your window and hit you in the head with a log. I mean, it, it doesn't take a big, tough, rugged man. just takes a coward. And uh, for him to put that plan together like he did, I mean, he had evil intentions, and I'm just glad that it worked out, that alarm went off and everybody showed up. But uh, I'm sure she's having a hard time with it. I know I would be. You just feel invaded. And... Uh, and uh, your whole world just feels like you're not safe anymore, no matter where you are. So God bless her. And uh, I hope the guy gets what he's got coming. Let's switch gears here. Uh, around the same time, the WWE signs Oscar, Nikki Cross, and Ember Moon. Uh, obviously, this is, you know, the beginning of a really big women's revolution in WWE. What do you think of those three talents in particular? We haven't spent a lot of time talking about those three. All very unique. You know, Nikki's was over the top, wild woman, Ember, you know, uh, did some really cool stuff, had a really different 
almost like a uh, demon demon look to her, which was cool. Uh, who was the third party we're talking about? Oscar. Uh, Oscar, ass kicker, and you know the Japanese girls are raised just like the Japanese boys. You know, make it credible, make it believable, and uh, very talented. You know, so it was the beginning of of a percolating uh, women's division fixing to pop. We've also got some other news that Sarah Stock has been hired by the WWE. She's going to become an agent later on. Did you get a chance to work with Sarah? And what did you think of her? I did, and I think she had a really good grasp on working with the ladies and cooperating with the ladies. Um, she was uh, up on the main uh group of producers for a while and then she decided i think to go back to nxt i think that was her choice uh but i from what i saw with her working with the girls she had a good rapport and was a good coach let's uh let's keep it going here with some other news and notes let's talk about the fact that they're running this rusev summer ray lana dolph ziggler storyline but allegedly when in real life, Rusev and Lana post about their engagement on Instagram, Vince was furious. Do you remember hearing about this? Oh yeah. It was pretty tense. Um, it was one of those things they're trying to pitch a storyline on TV, but it gets exposed and, you know, is just being just that, you know, it's, it's hard for me to actually even have an opinion because the minute I go old school and go, they shouldn't have did that. Then entire companies or groups of people are exposing the business, you know, on the other side of the tracks. So I don't know what to think, to be honest with you. There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready-for-love engagement ring collection that is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he's recently kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online, too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say, I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. What do you remember about, uh, you know, Vince's feelings on it? Did, I mean, where is the line? You know, because it, I could see how it could be confusing to, uh, to a young guy when, you know, they're showing The Undertaker on the WWE Network and referring to him as Mark Calloway, and he's often been the most guarded and, in this same era, we know that Glenn Jacobs is going to, you know, make a run to be mayor, but he's also the, the demon from hell Kane. I can see how maybe that would be confusing. Do you think 
Rusev and Lana should have quote unquote known better. Or do you get my perspective that maybe it could be a little confusing considering how everything else seems to be getting a pass? Well, you know, I hate the fact that anything gets out there. You know, I hate the fact that tape shows get exposed before they air. We're giving away the secrets and we're giving away the entertainment value of our company and the product we're producing. We're our own worst enemy. Okay. It's entertainment. We all get it, but it's just like within the confines of a television show or a live event, let's go out there and let's make them believe for two hours and 40 minutes or whatever it is that we've got some contests going on. We got some fights going on. We got a competition going on. And let's stick to that instead of beating the audience over the head with this just entertainment. We're our, we're our own worst enemy uh, in that category. But I agree with you 100%. You know, we should keep everything close to the vest. Social media is very powerful, and I'm learning that a little bit along every week. It's a very powerful tool. It can, it can destroy people. It can lift people up. It can do a lot of different things. You know, but let's leave it out of our storylines. Let's talk about the other major storyline they're trying to set up here. They've got Seth Rollins and Sting set for the main event. And they did this by, uh, I guess, suggesting that Sting had won every major title except the WWE title. And I don't know, I guess, you know, he's, he certainly has a resume to warrant that. But the old school fan in me wonders, what do you think about Sting getting a title shot? In his second match after his first one at WrestleMania, of course, famously, he lost to triple H and now he's in a title match. Did that sit well with you or was it okay? Because it's sting. Well, I, I think it would have been okay because he was sting. If there would have been a, a better, different outcome, which we could talk about a little bit later when we get to the match. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I also want to mention that this is the first time we see really, really bad ratings start to register. Meltzer would write on September 21st over the past two weeks, the ratings for raw were the two lowest for a non-major ratings impacted holiday, like the 4th of July, Christmas Eve, or new year's Eve since 1997. Is that something that you guys hear about and are on high alert for? Is, or when do you know that this rating is on uh, Vince's radar? When he comes in that door and sits down at the desk up front and doesn't say a word to anybody except, let's go. You know something's not right. right. And it usually involves finances or ratings. Let's talk about the show. Uh, it's night of the champions, believe it or not. This was a really, really strong show. 72.6% thumbs up 5.6% thumbs down 21.8% thumbs in the middle. Fans thought John Cena and Seth Rollins stole the show. They got 147 votes in the best match poll. Uh, Reigns, Ambrose and Jericho against the Wyatt family only got 15. The worst match poll, we had the Dudleys and New Day winning at 49, followed by Ziggler and Rusev with 42. We're going down here at the uh, Toyota Center in Houston. They've got 11,000 fans there. It was announced as 14,369. No matter what you announce, it is a sellout. 
What about Houston as a wrestling town? Good memories there? Yeah, but there was a bigger headline than all of that that you missed. That was September 20th. You know what that is? I don't know. My birthday. Oh, how about that? I didn't realize that. How did, how did that fall through the cracks without being a headline? <laughs> you turned 39 that year, right? Uh, yeah, 40 for the seventh time. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, they're great. I mean, it's a great town. You know, it's always been going back to Paul Bosch and there's a great history there and, uh, there's also a huge population. So, you know, just drawing, if you've got good stuff that they want to see and you draw off of that huge population, you got the makings of a good house. And it's been that way ever since I've been in the business. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, when, when you or one of the other guys on the squad have a birthday while you're on the road, uh, do they put together a little birthday cake and balloons or something in catering or. You just get a, a happy birthday text in your phone from your wife and that's enough. Yeah. The, usually it would just be whoever bought the bit. They'd buy the beer that night for the birthday boy for the trip. That's cool. That's about it. Everything else would be uh, quarantined within the family unit and uh, we would celebrate it probably when we got home. You know, if there's one thing Arn Anderson knows about, it's kicking ass. And uh, if you want to be an ass kicker, you've got to stay in the gym. And that's what Aaron has sort of preached on the podcast here. Even during all the changes that we've had this year, that was the biggest challenge for him. And if you've been looking for a fun way to get the whole family motivated, to be active and fit, you have got to try fight camp. Fight camp is an at home boxing and body weight workout taught by real fighters. And it's made for all levels from first time boxers to seasoned fighters. Fight camp's punch tracking sensor allows you to track your progress and is great for motivation, competition, and community. You can connect with the Fight Camp community on Facebook. There's over 4,000 members there. You can even enter challenges, share your successes, and talk through hardships with others online. You can even access a leaderboard for a little healthy competition. And I got to tell you, it's, uh, it's no shock to me that Fight Camp is so popular amongst professionals because uh, if you're in that career-oriented atmosphere where everybody's sort of jockeying for position, competition runs rampant through your office anyway this is a nice way to blow off some steam and have a little fun and why not make the workout fun see fight camp brings the boxing gym to you with a mix of cardio and conditioning for a full body workout by the way it comes with all the gear you need you're going to get the best freestanding punching bag on the market great boxing gloves quick hand wraps and their unique punch tracking sensors that show you real-time progress and stats on any ios device we should also mention that if you're new to boxing, their 12-week starter program teaches you the fundamentals of boxing while you still get a great workout every time. There's even access to more than 400 different workouts for all fitness levels and skills with four new ones every single week. And that's a big deal. You, know, you don't need to be overwhelmed by this. You can even try Fight Camp workouts for free. Just download the Fight Camp app and select the workout of your choice. This is a great way to sort of test your trainer. You can even buy now and pay later. You can use a firm financing to get your gym right away and make easy monthly payments. And the gym is yours to keep at the end of your term. If you're approved for financing, you're going to pay less than a hundred bucks a month, which is way cheaper than almost every boxing gym I've ever heard of. Plus you save on the commute time and gas. This doesn't get any easier. And since you can have up to five accounts per household, 
essentially get a boxing gym for the whole family at just under 20 bucks a person. Fightcamp offers flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. And right now is a limited time offer. You can try Fightcamp for 30 days with their money back guarantee. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash arn. That's right. Try Fightcamp for 30 days. And if you don't love it, they'll refund your money, train like a fighter, and turn your sweat into results. To try Fight Camp for 30 days, just go to joinfightcamp.com slash arn. That's joinfightcamp.com slash arn. Telling you, you'll be glad you did. Let's talk about the show here. The first match is Stardust and the Ascension taking on Neville and Sin Cara and Kalisto. It's a pre-show match. Uh, Stardust is going to pin Neville with the Queen's crossbow, which is the move formerly known as the crossroads. Nine minutes, 43 seconds. Cool to see our man Cody get the win, but it's kind of interesting that the Ascension's gone. Stardust is gone. Neville's gone. I think Sin Cara's gone. It's just Kalisto still with WWE, but there's a lot of talent in the ring there. We've talked a little bit about the Ascension before. Of course, we could talk for days about Stardust and we've touched on Neville. What about Sin Cara? You know, I've never really talked about him. Did you work any of his matches? What'd you think of Sin Cara? Yeah, he was a tough kid and, uh, very respectful, very talented. Uh, you know, he was a veteran when he came to us, he wasn't a rookie. He had worked in Mexico for a long time and, uh, and a tough guy, you know, um, very talented. Uh, he was just always was just a hundred percent respectful to me, which I always appreciated and, and, uh, had nothing but, uh, good vibe as far as when we're talking business and willing to try anything that, uh, that I popped out there to him. So, he, you know, I had a great experience with Sin Cara. Let's, uh, let's talk about the next match. It's Kevin Owens pinning Ryback to win the intercontinental title. Nine minutes, 32 seconds. There's a spot in the match where Ryback tries to press Owens over his head. He couldn't get it. So he throws him over the top rope. And Owens crashes to the floor, taking a pretty nasty bump in the process. Ryback works a comeback, gets Owens up for the shell shock, but Owens rakes his eyes and then pins him with a schoolboy. Two and a half stars, and we've got a new intercontinental champ. What'd you think? Well, let, let's keep that. Uh, Are you driving a big rig it. right now? A uh, what? Are you driving a big rig right now? No, I think the garbage truck just went up the damn street. <laughs> I was just wondering. I mean, I, I know Cody, uh, you know, he got a lick and put on him last week and I wasn't sure, man, did Arn think I better get another fucking job. <laughs> this big <rig> in here. <laughs> Well, now, now, now that you mention it, what the hell, who are the, who's, who's the company that's doing all the delivering now? Oh, Amazon. Yeah. I had applied and put my. You know, put in an application. I wonder if that was them outside. I just didn't notice. I would love to have you spine buster a flat screen on my front porch. That'd be great. No, I'd have to do the driving and somebody else would be doing the legwork. We'd have to suddenly become a two man team. What's Tully doing? Maybe we can get him involved. What do you think are Owens and Ryback here for the intercontinental title? Uh, I think when you have the arsenal of moves that when you're Kevin Owens and Ryback looks the way he does, my God, a monster. If I was 
number one, if I was Kevin Owens, I would want to get my finish over. And if I was Ryback, if I'm going to get beat, it ain't going to be by a roll-up. Right. I would have rather got beat by that pop-up power bomb, the best thing that Owens has in his arsenal, and that's how you get holds over. So keep that finish in your in your mind till we get further into the show and ask me about it again, and I'll tell you uh, which, what are a few of the mistakes being made in this show, but that's one of them. Kevin Owens was, you know, he was just building and, being built and he should have won with his finish. How much input do the performers have in a finish like that? Is it something that the agents leave up to them? The writers dictate, I mean, talk to me about, you know, how a finish is negotiated. If, if that makes sense. Well, it come, you know, it's, you usually leave the production meeting with a rough idea. Um, and during the day, other guys, you know, the talent has their input and, you know, if it's something completely different from what you had leaving the meeting, then you got negotiations that need to go down through Vince, and everything goes through Vince, and uh, he comes up with the final word on that. I, you know, when you got two guys like that, two heavy hitters, you know, I was just always of the opinion if you're going to beat me, beat me with your best stuff, and uh, it's better for you, it's better for me. Uh, I don't know where that one was decided on, but again, look at Ryback. My God, you think you're going to hold him down with a schoolboy? I don't think so. It has become a bit of a crutch though. And it's almost a joke that, you know, a guy could take a bunch of finishers in a row, uh, and none of that would beat him, but just rolling him up from behind. Well, he's done for, do you think that's become a, a crutch or a cop out in recent years? Well, I think number one, a bunch of finishes in a row is the big mistake. It starts right there. Right. Because you're just throwing stuff away. If it don't beat you this week, how's it going to beat you or anybody else next week? So if you put three of those back to back to back, what could be finishes, now they just become high spots. And you have hurt the move. You have made it more difficult to come up with something that looks convincing because you've raised the bar on the three big things you just did. So hopefully and hypothetically, your finish would be bigger than all of those. And a lot of times that's just, and I'm saying a lot of times, that's just not the case. And it's a letdown, I think, for the audience. You know, you build a match. Like you build a finish, least to most. And uh, that doesn't happen sometimes. I think it's a big mistake. Let's get to the next match. Um, we got Dolph Ziggler working with Rusev, 13 minutes and 44 seconds. Meltzer liked it. He gave it three stars. He says Summer Ray was on the apron yelling and ended up taking a bump, flipping into the ring due to Ziggler. She was kicked out of ringside by the referee took off one of her heels and threw it at the ref who moved and it nailed Rusev that distracted Rusev. who was then pinned after the zigzag. Rusev was furious and stormed out of the ring, walking right past summer Ray Ziggler walked out without her as well. It should be noted. Summer Ray was wearing earrings and they pushed the idea that those were given to her by Ziggler. The match had good heat. I got to tell you, there's some pretty silly shit around the match, but I thought the match itself was great. I even like the finish. It's uh, something we hadn't seen a ton of. 
I dug it. What'd you think? I think anybody that believes Dolph Ziggler reached in his pocket and pulled his wallow out, wallet out to spend one dime is full of shit. He's tighter than Dick's hat band. You kidding me? (laughs) He has popped for nothing. That aside, he can also have a match with anybody. And uh, Rusev was, you know, a guy that was coming along and figuring the business out and getting better. You know, from a physicality standpoint, I'm sure Dolph made Rusev look like a monster probably unparalleled at any point prior to this. That's one of Dolph's strengths. He makes everybody's stuff just look like a kill shot. So, yeah, I can see where people would like to match. I'm sure on paper it looks good, and I'm sure in practice it was good. Do you have a moose near the caboose that needs to be tamed? I'm talking about hairy, big, and needs some support. Thankfully, our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Beluga! Hear that? That's your moose asking for Manscaped. I got to tell you, we all know a horror story of someone who uh, got a little color when they were taken care of down there. But uh uh-uh! Not anymore, thanks to Manscaped's proprietary. Are you ready for this? advanced skin safe technology that's fancy speak for it's not going to let you nick your bag or cut your delicate areas it's all a part of the brand new lawnmower 3.0 now it's waterproof it's even got an led light and it comes inside the perfect package 3.0 which also includes manscapes crop preserver a ball deodorant that even can make dave silva smell less swamp assy and the crop reviver which is a ball toning spray which when you get michael dawkins age your attorney nut starts to sag a little bit. Let's tone those boys up. These are both super practical and they smell great too. And well, that's important. If you're looking for somebody to do something special for a limited time, when you order the perfect package kit, you get two count them two free gifts. We're talking a shed travel bag and the manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs. It's going to really accentuate the hog meat. The manscaped anti-chafing cooling boxer briefs might be one of the best parts of this collection. The boxer briefs from Manscaped have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology. That's right. We're trying to get rid of swamp ass forever and keep your pride and joy supported. There's also a really cool waistband here. that's super elastic. It's going to help reduce the chafing and rubbing. And when your lady sees Manscaped across the edge there, she's going to know she's in for a treat. She might even be curious. Hey, what you got going on down there? Pair these boxer briefs with their pH balancing liquid products like that crop preserver man you're ready for anything but don't take my word for it try it for yourself grooming has been a big part of professional wrestling for a long time and now it's time that the boys teach you a thing or two about your boys get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the promo code arn at manscape.com your balls will thank you get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code arn at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code arn from the moose to the caboose, always use the right tools for the job. Let's, uh, let's get to the next one. we got the Dudleys taking on big E and Kofi Kingston. The Dudleys pick up the win by DQ in nine minutes and 56 seconds. So that means the new day retains their WWE tag team titles. Meltzer would say all the save the table stuff. It's so goofy that it works. Xavier Woods was at ringside playing the trombone. 
The finish was a 3D on Kingston, and he was beat, but Woods ran in for the cheap DQ finish. Then the New Day set up a table, and Michael Cole called them hypocrites, saying all they've talked about is saving the tables. And it was hilarious because the table wasn't set up right, so Devon, who'd been laid out, quickly fixed the, te- the leg of the table. The Dudleys then made a comeback and put Woods through the table. Real good pop for the table break. The match was entertaining as much for Woods Annex as anything. Two and three-quarter stars. A lot to unpack here. What do you think? Well, now I'll go back to the other match where you had a roll-up finish. Ryback, Kevin Owens. Now you've got a DQ finish. How many matches deep are we into the card? Four? Yeah, counting the pre-show, this is number four. Okay. Don't you think two non-finishes is a bit much to be four matches in? Yeah. When you pay extra and you're a consumer and you are our fans, you deserve to get winners and losers. The Dudleys are one of the most decorated teams, if not the most decorated tag team in history. You're not going to hurt the Dudleys to beat them. Right. Especially, especially when you got three guys and three guys that are pretty damn athletic with Big E being one of the three. I think it would be pretty easy to get a victory out of that. And, uh, that's the route you should go. I mean, we're asking people to pay pay per view money, or if nothing else, the nine ninety nine for the network. But you're asking them to pay extra, have winners and losers, and you're talking about business that started to teeter a little bit during this time. You can go back and look at things, and we're all Monday morning quarterbacks. I'm no genius, you know, but I can go back now and look at mistakes and go, maybe that's why your business started to falter. Because in the past, you would normally have finishes across the board with maybe out of eight to ten matches, you might have had one finish that was a little screwy that was going to get you to the next pay-per-view, but that's it, one only. Let me ask, um, this match in particular here, the Dudleys, you know, they're, they're doing a bit of a run here. This was a little unexpected. I think people thought their WWE run was officially done. They come back as a surprise. I think Bubba does it first in the rumble. They get a big reaction. Then they put together the tag team. People are thrilled to see them back. And as, as old as it may seem or tired as it may seem, man, that Devon get the tables and the table spot. It was still over, especially when they did it. It's hard to put my finger on why that works so well. Is it just nostalgia? Is it the respect of the performers that they've sort of grown up with? What is it? Well, because in those days, the business had not elevated itself to where you had higher and farther bumps, two TLC matches in one night, two two hell in the cells in one night. Putting someone through a table was a big deal when this all originated. In the early days, it was one of those biggest things that happened during the night. And uh, people love nostalgia. People love trivia. They love stuff that they grew up with. And having Devon get the tables was one of them. And uh, it has tested, you know, time as far as getting over and staying over. It's one of those things that people remember. They chant with Bubba when he says it and they love the spot. And, uh, 
it was one of those things where you put somebody through a table, that was it, done, finished, no continuing on. Uh, it was a big deal in the industry. When they're looking to uh, come back here in 2015, did you sort of think from the outside looking in that this is like a victory lap, this is a farewell tour, you know, they're back here, not necessarily to be featured guys, but to help make younger up-and-coming tag teams, or did you get a different impression in 2015? No, that would have been common sense would have told you that was, that was the deal. That would have been, you know, for me, you know, you got this whole new crew of young guys. They need some people with some credibility to help get them over and, you know, help them get stable in the business and learn the business and learn the locker room ethics and, and all those things. There's a lot more that goes than just going out and being an opponent for somebody. You know, the veterans, it's our job to pass the information down to the next group of guys and have them learn the business from the inside out. Let's talk one more thing about this match, and then we'll move on. New Day, at this point, has become a phenomenon, but it almost seems like it's a challenge. Like, hey, let's see what other silly shit we can get over. I mean, along the way, they had an ice cream bicycle, they had the uh, bootios, like a cereal of booty. They had pancakes they threw to the crowd. But here, unbelievably, they've even managed to get over a fucking trombone. How talented were these guys and in tune were they with their audience where they knew, hey, throw us some random shit and we'll find a way to get it over. When they came through the curtain, you were going to have fun. Xavier Woods can no more play a trombone than I can or my dog. Some of the sounds that came out of that were horrifying, and that was part of the entertainment. Big E, an 800, 900-pound squatter, Kofi Kingston, you know, just a superstar waiting to happen. And this combination of those guys, and here's that one intangible that, that you can spot, I can spot, some people can spot some of the fans, but it's it, when it's very real, you see it. Those guys love each other, and they love being partners, and they love performing, and they are having the time of their life, and that comes through. That's something you can't fake. That's something you can't pretend to be doing. Those guys really are a team, and they care about each other, and the bond they have is – it's just there. You know it talking to them. You you know it watching them perform. And that's the reason those guys got over. They just, what you see is what you get. Next up, we've got Charlotte beating Nikki Bella to win the Divas title in 12 minutes and 41 seconds. Uh, Meltzer liked it. He gave it three and a half stars. Uh, he would say Charlotte was limping, but put Nikki in the figure eight for the submission. And he tapped furiously with both hands. After the match, Ric Flair came in and started crying as Charlotte was announced as champion. They treated the title change like it was a real big deal, which they needed to do. A lot of it seeming like a big deal had to do with Rick being there. She limped and strutted with him after the match, and then she started crying with him. One of the reasons both cried in this situation is that essentially Ashley is living out her younger brother Reed's dream. So when she's successful, it's like it honors his memory. This was nothing like the NXT matches, but it was a level above most of the WWE women's bouts. And a lot of that in this case was due to Nikki's work. Pretty remarkable to see in hindsight. We know this is going to begin one hell of a run for Charlotte on the main roster. 
And I think a lot of people would point to this and say this was the transition, the full transition, the passing of the guard, if you will, to this new era of women's wrestling in WWE. But you and I, you know, said for a long time here on the show, we were big fans of what Nikki was doing. What'd you think of the match? And, uh, what'd you think of the extra garnish of having Rick there and Ashley, when she wins looking up, I mean, it's a pretty cool little moment for the whole family and people who know the story, right? You bet. You bet. And, uh, Nikki Bella that night went out and, uh, made Charlotte earn her victory and she had Brie there with her. So in essence, you had the advantage of the distraction, perfect scenario, basically two on one, not really, but sort of. And, uh, Nikki was established and she went out and she made Charlotte earn it. She had to work her butt off to get that victory. And the fact that who her dad, you know, is when he came in that ring, it wasn't about him. It was about her. And, uh, that's what you took away from it. And it was the dawning of a new day combined with all these, these other great talent, talented women that were fixing to just flood the place and they were talented, you know, uh, that was like a stepping stone to a new era. And, uh, it was emotional. Um, I was very happy for Charlotte. You know, she, nobody works harder. Nobody is more plugged in. Nobody is more, loves the business more. And, and uh, is a better professional, you know. You got media to do at five in the morning, you bet. Uh, got no clothes, what the hell, I'll go buy them. You know, she's a pro in every sense of the word, and uh, she was one of the leaders of that that revolution with the women. And uh, that was the day you could pinpoint that change under the guard. And I thought uh, Br- Mickey and Bree did a good job of, of – getting her started it's uh it's pretty special to see this one happen and uh, they do a cool little backstage segment with rick flair and charlotte and Paige and becky lynch talking about going partying in houston to celebrate the big title win uh it was a cool moment not just for rick but uh for for ashley and nikki and everybody i mean this is the end of nikki's really long run here as divas champ i mean this is the record at the time so She's going to be the longest reigning at this point. Lots of rumor and innuendo at the time that, oh, they made sure she could beat AJ Lee's record. Of course, AJ Lee at the time was, was married to CM Punk and he was certainly in opposition with the company at the time. Did you ever hear that talk that, oh, WWE so spiteful about CM Punk that they want to make sure that Nikki beats AJ Lee's record. Is that a bit of a stretch or do you see it? I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have listened to that. It went in one ear and out the other. You can't run a business like that. I don't know that, that things would have been that way. I may be wrong. I don't know. But, you know, the fact is you went out, you performed. If you were just better than everybody else or you were getting over, you were going to be used. And, you know, all the politics and everything about who's married to who, I try not to get involved in that or even try to sort through it because business is business and that's it. All right, listen up, Stinky. It's time to put down the cigarettes. It's 2020. Get with the program. Throw away your vape. Throw out your dip. and Get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. Now, if you've been under a rock the last few weeks, we've been telling you about Lucy nicotine. It's a company founded by some Caltech scientists and former smokers 
who were looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, we have tobacco alternatives that don't suck. They researched this thing for like three years. Be sure it's made for people, not patients. And now they've got some really tasty flavors. Yeah. How about that for a bonus? Not only will you not stink, the flavors are pretty good. Lucy has created nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine. Comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. They've even got lozenges. That's right. Us rednecks call them cough drops, but I guess technically they're lozenges. Also the same four milligrams of nicotine, but this time in a cherry ice flavor. They all taste great. They're convenient. They're discreet. You can use these products and enjoy them anywhere, literally from a flight to work, even on the go or heck at the gym. And I got to tell you, this is a product that's near and dear to me. My parents grew up being slaves to cigarettes and everything we did in our life was determined by where could we smoke? Whose house could we go to where we could smoke? What restaurants had smoking sections? Whose car could we ride in that we could smoke? It was, it was terrible. Don't do that. Get your freedom back. Try Lucy nicotine gum. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy, by the way, will come directly to your door each month. It's so simple. You don't even have to leave the house because Lucy has delivery down. And right now you can get a great deal. Arn listeners can go to lucy.co and use promo code Arn to get 20% off all their products, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use the promo code Arn at checkout. Also, I have to read this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Duh. Here's what you really need to know. Lucy.co. Be sure to use that promo code ARN. Let's get to the next match. We've got Bray Wyatt teaming up with Luke Harper and Braun Strowman to beat Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and a mystery partner, which winds up being Chris Jericho. Uh, it's 13 minutes and two seconds. An excellent match. Four stars. Uh, Meltzer says the crowd went crazy for the announcement. It was Jericho and was chanting for him. He got a way bigger reaction than everyone else did here. Strowman put Jericho in the head and arm choke and Jericho went out four stars. Interesting to, uh, a use Jericho in this spot. Of course, he's sort of the third wheel of the, uh, the shield here since Seth Rollins is no longer with the group and he's working at a different spot. Now Jericho is a mystery partner. It worked, huh? Yeah, it worked. Sure did. Jericho has, you know, as each each year passes, he just keeps reinventing himself and, you know, walking through the curtain on some pretty memorable matches and angles and, you know, everything from the Shawn Michaels angle to Kevin Owens angle to coming out during this match. You know, that's oil and water, him with the two Shield guys. You know, you got you look at that and you go, well, God, I'd have never thought it was going to be him which makes it even cooler for the fans. It's, it's such an odd deal. And, uh, he's a pro and he's figured out, you know, he's got nine lives and he hasn't used probably, but two of them up by now as we speak currently. So he has reinvented himself many, many times. And in this match, he would have been a, a really good guy to plug in as far as the mechanics of the match. So I thought it was a very good choice. Next up, we've, uh, we've got to talk about Braun Strowman here. He's really coming into his own. Of course, we know these days he's uh, wearing the big belt in WWE, but I think a lot of people had high hopes for him here. He's paired with Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper. You think he fit with that group? Is that the right way to bring in a big monster like this? Yeah, because he had Harper and Bray to guide him and, 
and and help him on what to do and what not to do and what mistakes not to make and they would have been very generous in that because they knew he was just he was he's a freaking monster he's when you compete and do well in the world's strongest man competitions he won it one year right yeah you're something special and you know got that you know big woolly booger look to him he's just uh god he's scary and if anybody fit with the Wyatts, he fit with the Wyatts. And the thing is, other than just being a big guy that you think is going to walk around like Godzilla and not move, buddy, he can move and move like a 180-pounder, as you've seen him haul ass around that ring running, running guys down and stuff. That, to me, is the most impressive thing about him. It's not so much his strength. It's the speed for a guy like that. And the quickness and the fact that you roll out and uh, you think you're going to get away from him and you look back and here he comes and uh, you can't outrun him either. What a horrible feeling. You can't beat him up and you can't outrun him. You're basically screwed. Let's, uh, let's also talk about, you know, the idea of Jericho's coming in as a big surprise. It doesn't feel like he's necessarily going to be you know, on the show every week because he is just a surprise. So it's probably the right call to establish this big guy and his finish with one of the top guys there who, you know, isn't necessarily going to be involved every week. And Jericho's all business. He probably has no problem with that. Right. Yep. Yep. And normally you wouldn't beat, you know, if there was a substitute, but this wasn't a substitute deal. He was just the mystery partner. So, you know, it, I think they beaten Jericho. You're not going to kill him off. Not going to hurt him. You know, he's okay. And it, that one made sense to beat the odd guy out. Let's talk about uh, the next match. It's John Cena and Seth Rollins for the United States title. And believe it or not, John Cena wins in 16 minutes. Meltzer would say another great match between them, but my God, Cena's punches were horrible looking. Rollins tried an attitude adjustment, but Cena got out of it used a reverse power slam, a leg slice off the top rope and the attitude adjustment for the pin. Excellent, but not at the level of their SummerSlam match. Four stars. So even though, you know, Meltzer was a little critical of some of the work here, it still won the best match poll. He still gave it four stars. Big match John strikes again. You were probably the agent for this one. What'd you think? Well, you know, you can again, you can look back and and go, all right, if you were the boss and you were sitting in the big chair, what would you have done? Now, your your business, we've already discussed, is is down a little bit during this time, right? Yeah. So you go into this thing also with a guy in the main event who is one of the WCW guys, Stinger, which is in the next match. Uh, this would be his second time being seen. So if we backed up, John Cena has been world champion 15 times. Yeah. At this point, he's been 16 times, 16 times. Okay. And we're going for the U S title. The world title's not up. It's just the U S title, right? That's right. So you know how I'm about the what ifs. You know, I'm crazy about what ifs. Makes you think. So Seth Rollins 
you know, is a guy that is a technician and a mechanic and a, a thinker and all those things, and he can go out and tear the joint down with anybody. So let's just say Seth maybe needed the win more than Cena. Let's, what if Seth won? Okay, now he's still got both championships. Not going to kill John Cena off. You move into that match with Sting fresh, and lo and behold, at the end of that thing, Conrad, after a hell of a match, what do you think happens? What would be the most dynamic, shocking, feel-good moment you could possibly have at the end of the night? I don't know. Sting Sting beats Seth Rollins for the world title. Oh, of course. Seth's still the U.S. champion, that he can fall back on that as part of his bragging rights. But the way it laid out, I believe, was Seth went over. Wasn't it right? Correct? Yeah, Seth's going to win. On on Cena. Or Cena won. Cena won the match. What did he win with? An AA? And then he dropped Seth, and he was down afterwards. Yep. So so when Sting got there, he already had a damaged champion right. to start the match with, right? Yes. Seth fought through all of that, overcame a bona fide superstar, and won. Now, what about that incredible display of courage and adversity that he went through and overcame and starting with being dropped by a guy that's not even in the match. So you got to climb uphill the entire way. You know what you got at the end of the night after he beat sting, you got a baby face. You don't have what, what's to not like about that guy. Right. Seth, Seth Rollins. Yeah. He's in, you know, in one night he overcame all the odds you know, from two superstars and managed to retain. So I think you failed. He's got no heat after that. That's for sure. I mean, he's to be admired. If you'd have went the other way with it, I think you have, you know, something that no one thought would have happened, especially after Sting losing his first match. I think after you lose two in a row, pretty much diminish the, the value. If I'm sitting there, I'm probably just going to go, well, I guess, you know, his time has passed. And I don't think that's what you want to leave the night with because it could have been just till the next pay-per-view. Seth exercises his uh, return. It could have, you know, if it, I don't know how long the next pay-per-view would have been after that pay-per-view. Got a little slack about saying pay-per-view from the menses. Pay-per-view. I don't know how long ago that would have been to the next one. What, maybe four or five, six weeks? Tops? Three, maybe? But, boy, you could have left it on Sting for three weeks, and you could have really shocked the audience, shocked the wrestling world, and shook a lot of things up. Just my opinion. No, and you're exactly right. You know, it would have been uh, a feel-good moment. We know we're not exactly going to get that. But before we talk about the Sting match, let's talk a little more about the Cena Seth Rollins. What do you think of uh, Meltzer's critique here that Cena's punches were horrible looking? Uh, I don't know. I would have to see him to see. But usually uh, Meltzer doesn't single something like that out. 
unless it really was glaring. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I would have to see it to, to see and critique it. I mean, John didn't have the greatest punches of all time at any point, you know, but uh, it's one of those things, again, you know, ask any 10-year-old kids in the audience, you know, mm-hmm. Cena got any holes in anything, <laughs> any chinks in his armor, anything he doesn't do well, I don't think they would say he throws a lousy punch. So it didn't matter to them. Uh, and that was the goal. That was his target audience, the kids. Talk to me a little bit about working punches. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about this, but it does feel like that may be becoming more and more of a lost art. You know, every now and again, we'll see some clips on social media where, well, it's a little less than awesome. What's the trick to a good working punch? It's about a quarter to a half an inch from knocking your head off. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Pull it up a quarter and a half an inch away, and it looks like it knocked your head off, but not so bad, really. How do you practice that? I think Flair has told us before on the podcast that one of his mentors told him to tie a string to a lampshade and just practice punching it until it didn't move. I'm sure that was probably somebody that was just going to rib him into seeing if he would do it. <laughs> the, and I bet the guy sat out by his apartment with the lights off with a case of beer and laughed his ass off watching him do it. Tremendous. All right, fellows, let's run a timeout. I got to give you a heads up. Summer is winding down, but honestly, this might actually be my favorite time of year. It's not quite as hot. You can get out and enjoy it a little bit. And I know Arn's with me on this too. I found a little gem I want to share with you. I'm talking about the residence Inn in ocean city, Maryland. They're calling this time of year, second season, and it's upon us. It's time for you to go enjoy fall. in one of my favorite places to visit ocean city, Maryland. Now, why am I pitching this to you? Well, it's because of the residence Inn by Marriott ocean city. It's an incredible property. Don't take my word for it. Check this out. They won Coastal Style Magazine's 2020 Hotel of the Year. That's right, right there in Ocean City, Maryland. The Residence Inn by Marriott is legit, man. They've got paddleboard, kayaking, whatever you're looking for, you can do it from their Bayside Beach. It's just a very short walk from the Atlantic Ocean. But you want to talk about fun, how about having dinner at the Bayview Bar and Grill? Enjoying a beverage from their Soggy Dollar Pool Bar. You can even inquire about local golf packages, extended stay dining packages. They've even got an active couples package, but what's really cool is they've got low seasonal rates right now. And this really is, in my opinion, the best time of the year to enjoy all that ocean city has to offer. You can check them out for yourself at residenceinoc.com or check them out on Instagram at residenceinoc underscore OCMD, like ocean city, Maryland on Instagram, or do yourself a favor. Pull up your Facebook and just search for Residence in Ocean City. Now, if you want to call and try to make arrangements over the phone, kick it old school, they're available for you right now at 410-723-2222. That's pretty easy, huh? One more time, the website is residenceinoc.com. Take a look at the pictures for yourself. Give them a call and book it. If you don't want to do it online, they're available at 410-723-2222. I should also mention that these guys are not only running a great property, they're big fans of this show in particular. 
And uh, that's really what we're doing here on the show is creating a community of wrestling fans. Well, now you've got some friends in the hotel business. So if you've been cooped up, you're looking for a cool place to go that maybe you've never been before. Why not go to coastal style magazines, 2020 hotel of the year. When you tell your wife that she's going to love it. And I know what you're thinking. I can't tell my wife. I heard about this place on a wrestling podcast. Skip the wrestling podcast part. Tell her that once she's there and in love with it. Tell her it's the coastal style magazine, 2020 hotel of the year. And by God, that's an order from judge Jeff Jones. Yes. Our pal over at AEW. This is his ocean city hotel of choice and say, what's up. When you go to the GM there, Keith Wisnat, huge fan of our shows, really appreciate their support. Wrestling fans, helping other wrestling fans enjoy the best time of the year. Paddleboard, kayaking, pool bar. Sign me up, man. Residence in Ocean City, Maryland. Check them out. Residence in OC.com. You'll be glad you did. Well, what's the uh, Arn Anderson way of, of making sure that you've got it down pat? Throw a lot of them every day for about thousand days. That'd be about uh, three years. Uh, let's just say 900. That'd be three three years of working 300 days a year and throwing them and making sure you were paying attention. Reps, 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 like anything else, like jumping rope, riding a bicycle, developing good penmanship, you name it, whatever the skill is, reps and concentrate. Make it a goal to make those good, whatever it is. If you're going to drop kick, do a thousand drop kicks until you get it right. And if it's not good by then, guess what? Do what I do. Don't drop kick. <laughs> uh, talk to us about, you know, <laughs> Seth Rollins as John Cena's opponent here. You know, oftentimes people say, oh, I loved, you know, say Flair Steamboat or Flair Funk or whatever. People have like their favorite duos. Who do you think John's best opponent was? Do you think Seth Rollins makes the short list? Did you like his stuff? Did you know, oh, if he's in there with Randy Orton, it's going to be great. Or if he's in there with Seth Rollins, or do you think John had a favorite opponent, at least from your standpoint, you're, you're not necessarily who he liked watching him with, who you liked watching him with. Yeah, I think Randy's a good pick. You know, the fact that they came along with a lot at the same time had parallel careers, uh, I think they always made for a great match. Seth Rollins can have a match with anybody. I don't think he gets enough credit. He's like, you know, a lot of talent. He gets so good that you just, it's not even a question when you sit down, you go, I wonder if Seth's going to be on tonight. He's never not on. And he's so good all the time, you almost take it for granted. You know, it's like AJ Styles. They are just so good, you just expected out of them if they had one stumble step in a match you would go damn what happened right you would actually notice it because everything else is flawless uh but i would i would i would probably say those two are your leading candidates yeah i would agree let's talk about our main event we're finally here seth rollins and sting go nearly 15 minutes 1456 it gets three stars Man, this is scary to watch back. Meltzer's write-up is Sting did a plancha to the floor. He hit the Scorpion death drop, but Rollins got his foot on the rope. Rollins then came back and powerbombed Sting into the turnbuckles, which was the injury spot. Sting went down, but got up and tried to continue. 
but then collapsed coming off the ropes. The trainer and a doctor came to the ring and were checking on Sting while Rollins played to the crowd for a distraction for about two whole minutes. Sting was motioning that he wanted the match to continue and the crowd got pretty hot when it was restarted. They went right to the finish. Sting immediately put him in a scorpion deathlock and Rollins went to the ropes. He went for it a second time and this time Rollins cradled him for the pin. Sheamus then came out and laid out Rollins with a brogue kick and motioned to cash in the briefcase. The crowd went pretty nuts for that. And then Kane came out and Seamus backed off. Kane would choke slam Rollins and Seamus was back to wanting to cash in, but then Kane choke slams him too. Kane gives Rollins the tombstone pile driver and the show ends after Kane leaves and Seamus gets up. They're screaming at Seamus to cash it in with Rollins selling on the ground, but he just went to the back three stars. So there's a lot to unpack after the match. But first we should talk about the spot, the, the turnbuckle bomb. I think, uh, the buckle bomb may have been low key banned from the company. I think there was a scary spot with, um, Nia Jax a few months ago, but this is probably the most infamous buckle bomb. Is there a safe way to do it? Would you have felt comfortable taking it or was it just bad luck that day? Yeah. I don't know that I would have had any problems doing it. You know, the key is. And this is entirely up to the guy giving it to you. You you need to hit that buckle like about right above your shoulder blades, not with your neck. Right. And I think Sting hit it with his neck. And, you know, that's one of those things that there's not much margin for error. And to be honest with you, not being a precisionist, I wouldn't want to do that to a guy and trusting myself to get it perfect. And I don't know that I would have ever wanted to take it, you know, and been, I've been in the ring with some great workers, but anything that I can't see that's behind me, I wasn't a big fan of German suplexes or, or this buckle bomb because you can't see where you are in the air. You can't adjust. And it's, it's just a blind faith. And, not that Seth was ever reckless. I don't believe that or not that he did anything, you know, just malicious. too quickly too yeah, maliciously. I'll never believe that. Right. Thanks for that. That's what I was looking for. It just was an accident an accident's happening in, in this business. And if you're not used to hitting that buckle and it's been years since staying hit turnbuckles and to hit one that way where you can't even see where you're landing, it's just pure accident. That's, that's all it could have been if, if I was a betting man. Were you watching this on the monitor? Did you see it happen? And when you did, did your heart go in your throat? I mean, this is a guy you've known for well over 30 years. And obviously you have a soft spot for any sort of spine or neck injuries. And when you see a guy who, you know, has gutted out a lot of tough stuff, go down and collapse, that's gotta be a pretty scary moment. Believe it or not, the first thing that went in my mind was that he was just doing a great job of selling. Right. I didn't think, oh, God, he's hurt his neck, neck damage. I, I did not. That didn't cross my mind because it wasn't one of those things where he landed on his head or something obvious, you know. Um, it was just one of those things. I went, God almighty, he's, he's really selling that great. And then, obviously, when the doctor was sent down and the referee gave the sign, you know, that somebody's hurt, 
then it became, okay, him falling down like that's got to be something else and, and something else probably pretty serious. Um, normally they would have just, you know, had it not been the main event, they would have just stopped that match right there and it would have been over. Do you think no uh, decision? I mean, Sting Go is ahead. trying to wave them off. He he wants to continue, but but to your point, I do think if this would have happened on Raw or SmackDown or something like that, they would have stopped it. But I don't know that medical professionals should have the ability to make that call. Do they just lean into a guy like Sting since he's got so much experience and he is a veteran and he knows his body and say, you know, hey, if he says he can continue, continue, or is the directive from the back? Hey, if we can find a way to get a finish, let's do. I'm I'm curious how that decision is made and who ultimately makes it because you do wonder from a liability standpoint if this would have went bad and Sting would have really continued to compete and then seriously injured himself to a much greater degree than he did. That would have been a nightmare for WWE and Sting's family. Yeah, I, I don't know. I know that you know the medical staff has a lot of authority to stop a match. You know, I don't know that a guy, because that discussion has came up in meetings where we were going over, uh, you know, the rules and all those things of what, what happens if a guy gets busted open, what happens if a guy gets hurt. And it's been stated, guys, the talent cannot tell you I'm okay and you let them finish the match. They don't have that authority. So it's taken out of their hands. Now, this being a unique situation, you know, the the world title match and the main event of a pay-per-view, he says he's okay, he can get it done. I don't know if a quick decision was made to make an exception other than having however many thousands of people wanting their money back because there was no finish on the pay-per-view and the main event. A lot of things probably went into that decision. Um was it ruled or decided that there was more damage done by him finishing the match? No, I don't know that that's the case. I mean, I think what they, I think the term is spinal stenosis and he's going to wind up leaving the building that night in an ambulance. And obviously Seth feels horrible. And I mean, did you see the scene we've heard both sting and Seth Rollins talk about, you know, sort of the aftermath backstage on WWE network. Did you see sting get loaded up? Did you talk to him when he comes through the curtain or anything like that? No, I couldn't get near him. And, and to be honest with you, the medical staff was surrounding him and, and, uh, there wouldn't have been a way to get to him anyway. I was, you know, I wasn't, I think I must've been talking to Cena backstage probably, you know, sorry to say, I probably wasn't watching the match as close as I should have, but I would have been talking to John about it probably at that point. Because it wouldn't have been that much longer since their fat match finished. It's uh, it's pretty special to to look back at Sting's incredible career, and then it's kind of sad to see that you know his two big matches in WWE were at WrestleMania, and they did the silliness that we've talked about at WrestleMania with DX and the NWO, and he loses his debut, and the announcers, as you said, were were burying him about. He's, you know, finally little, wrestling little, the, little fish in a big pond. Exactly. And and then he gets the title shot and he's in the main event with arguably one of the best wrestlers in the world, Seth Rollins. 
and it feels like a good story. You know, it does feel like he's got an advantage because to your point, he has to be worn down from Cena and instead he leaves in an ambulance. Not exactly the storybook ended ending we would have hoped for for Sting. You know, and there's one thing that, you know, you go back and look at the details and you think about this. That was a WCW themed pay-per-view, right? Yeah. Night of the Champions. Instead of Clash of Champions, it's Night of Champions. It's similar. Yeah. It's sort of an homage, if you will. And you got a WCW guy in the main event for the world title against all odds. Had he won the title on that WCW pay-per-view, can you imagine the WCW fans that you would have gotten back? It would have been huge. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do next week. I cannot wait to Raw to hear what he's got to say. Yeah, I was a WCW fan, which, you know, there's a lot of those around at one time. You know, when it just jarred business and shook so many things up and created a line of challengers out the back door. Well, that's going to bring us to the back door of our show here. Uh, it's the end of our Arn episode talking about night of champions next week. We'll be back with hashtag ask Arn anything. If you've got a question for Arn, it's easy to participate. Just ask it over at the Arn show on Twitter and uh, stay tuned. We'll be back answering your questions next week. We should mention the week after that, we're doing another night of champions this time from 2010. If you've got questions for night of champions, 2010, you can ask it over on Twitter as well. It's at the Arn show. Until next time, he is at the Arn Show. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. We'll see you next week right here on Arn. Get your Arn gear at ArnShirts.com and check out BoxaGimmicks.com, the official store of the Arn Show, where you can find gimmicks for the Arn fan in your life. New items added weekly. There's no better time to say I love you, and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate Stevensinger.com, and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready-for-love engagement ring collection that is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he's recently kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online, too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Hello? Yes, good morning. Uh, is this Daniel? This is. Hey, Daniel. This is Dave Silva. I'm calling with Save with Conrad. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you doing? I've been telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money. But don't take my word for it. So what made you come to Save with Conrad in the first place? I've uh, heard the commercials a few times and uh, was looking to refinance anyway from a 30-year down to a 15-year. Ended up being a, a really good uh, good money saver. Had gotten some quotes from some other lenders and um, 
you know, Conrad and the guys over there just, you know, made the process so, so easy. Very cool. How was it working with Steven and the team? It was real, real easy. I mean, uh, the first time that I did my mortgage, um, there was all kinds of hoops and I had to chase down the, the guy that I was working with. Um, but with you guys, it was no problem whatsoever. I could call, I could email, um, but there really wasn't any need to. It was quick and seamless. Wonderful. Is there any way or anything that we can do to improve the process in the future? But honestly, it, it, it was so like, and I'm, it almost seems like it was too easy. <laughs> but do you do you know how much money we were able to save you on your refinance? Yeah, it, it was close to, if not over $100,000. Wonderful. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! Check it out. Here's a clip from AdFreeShows.com that you can't hear anywhere else. Yeah, fuck him. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to stand on the side of AJ Styles and the good bros. Uh, anybody that knows anything in the business knows he's a piece of shit and a worker and a conniver and his head's as big as a melon. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to adfreeshows.com right now. It's hard to beat adfreeshows.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.